Before we get started, I want to take the opportunity to talk about our partner for this podcast, BravoPay. BravoPay is a marketplace and payment platform for musicians and content creators like streamers, sports influencers, personal trainers, and, well, podcasters. You can create a fan page on their app and set up shop offering physical and digital products as well as premium subscriptions. It's easy to share your Bravo link with others on your social media so that, for the rest of you, can support your favorite creators. Check it out at app.trybravo.com. I'll also leave a link in the description. You're listening to The 80-20 Show, an inside look into the music industry. Welcome everybody to The 80-20 Show. I'm your host, Mike Zimmerlich, and my next guest is Danny Cutler from the independent radio station KWSS. In our interview, we talk about how Danny got into podcasting that eventually led into being a prominent radio host. And for artists out there, we do talk about submissions to stations and what to do as well as, more importantly, what not to do. We also talk about her career as a social media expert, how she got started, and yes, some good tidbits about posting content in there as well. I hope you enjoy this interview with Danny Cutler. Hey, Danny, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Mikey Z? <laughs> oh, really? Is that ever going to get old? Nope. And then nope. you posted little baby pictures of you, like young pictures, and you're a little Mikey Z. It's true. I was a little Mikey Z. Yeah. Uh, just for context for everybody. So uh, one of our artists, Gabe, who has been on the on the uh, ep- uh, one of the prior, prior episodes of the podcast, uh, he started nicknaming me Mikey Z, which... By the way, Gabe, if you are listening, you didn't invent that. I've been called that since like middle school. So that's nothing new. I've been always called Mikey Z. It just now happens to transfer over into my professional career. So thank you very much for that. It will never go away. It is now part of you. <laughs> oh, my God. So anyway, we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. So, uh, Danny, I wanted to start off with you didn't get started into radio first. You actually were into podcasting, correct? That's right. I was in the the OG podcasting uh, wing, I guess, if you will. Um, yeah. I mean, podcasting actually started in 2004, three, around, four. With, around uh, 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was part of that first wave, not wing, wave. That's the word I wanted. The first wave of podcasting. And I had a political podcast called Truth Seekers. And it's, you know, it just gave me time to learn how to use the tools that were available and learn how audio works. And it turns out I really love audio editing. It's a lot of fun. A lot of people find that tedious, but I love editing. It's, I love editing and producing. So I did that for quite some time. And I tried to break into radio with my talk show. And I found a radio station here in the Valley uh, through another friend of mine who had his podcast syndicated on radio. It was called QCX. And so I got in touch with them and said, hey, I'm looking to have my podcast get syndicated on radio. And here's a little clip. And they didn't want a spoken word. They didn't want a talk podcast. And they said, but we like your voice. So do you want to do some voice tracking for the station? And this was 2007? No. Yeah. Is that when I started? Yes. 2007. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're asking me. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's like, okay, so I just saw, I'm going on 14 years. So yes, that would be correct. If That'd I know 2007. the maths. Yes. So uh, yeah. So he said, you know, we like your voice. Do you want to do some voice tracking? And I was like, what's voice tracking? So um, I started with them and I did midnight to 6 a.m., which was fine because I was voice tracking. So I actually recorded it in advance. So I was not up from midnight to six. Then they merged with KWSS, which is what the Valley knows here in Arizona. And they brought me on to do middays. And that was a little later in 2007. And I said, sure, I'll do middays. So I started in middays. And then I started handling their marketing and social media at the same time. And then I uh, started doing a noon lunch hour, retro hour, Danny's Diner, which plays deep cut 80s and B-sides. And about five years ago, I started doing mornings here at KWSS. Wow, that's a lot so, of things. It is a lot of things. Um, it's always been audio based. I never in a zillion years thought I would be doing this. Um, I've always had music in my life, but I didn't know that I would be using my voice and using audio and and being a part of this local scene no idea and here i am going on 14 years of doing it that's incredible as a volunteer so, yeah exactly so what would you say is the biggest difference that you found transitioning from doing your own podcast to hosting your own radio show have you found any kind of inherent differences between the two well, it's, it's a little bit, it's a different way of thinking for sure. And for me, since I was coming from a, from a talk, a political talk show podcast to something that was talk, but mostly music based, that was probably the biggest change is shortening how I speak because with a talk show, as you know, from the 8020 show, you can talk, 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 talk. Music isn't the underlying thing. KWSS is an alternative independent station and music is the main drive for KWSS. It, we do have talk shows. Uh, we, we have things that are talk that support the station, but the bulk of the station is music. So learning how to shorten how much I say into a smaller amount of time and getting to the point uh, was probably the biggest challenge because <laughs> I tend to carry on as I'm doing right now. No, not at all. But yeah, it, it is interesting, though, the, the differences between them. And for yourself, music also has an important element in your life, too. Yes. Correct? Yes. It depends on which part of music you're talking about. Well, Are you because talking about my, my musical origins? That's correct. So you have uh, musical origins yourself. Well, yes. So always had a deep love for music. I started in classical music, as most people in, if you can think back to elementary school, they usually started in about the fourth grade uh, with the orchestra coming into class and introducing all the instruments and you just started from there and, and I started playing viola in fourth grade. And I ended up having a bit of a knack for it. I, I did all right. <laughs> so I went through high school playing and, and also competing and, and being part of the orchestra. I was even professional for a little while with the Mesa Symphony and uh, went into college on a music scholarship. And that's when I decided college and music wasn't for me. <laughs> At least as a uh, as a major musical major was not my path. 
so that that stopped me from playing. But over the years, when I came back to podcasting, which got me into radio, which got me into learning about the local music scene here in Phoenix and Arizona, got me to playing again through one of the local bands here in the Valley. So long, long round circle. Absolutely. What was that like, by the way? Because that was your, was that your first time being in the studio to record? Because you were on their records. Right. So Scattered Melodies uh, was the band. Um, Josh hit me up for, uh, he said he wanted some strings on their, on their new album. This was 2018. And I was a little nervous. I always, I approach everything this way. I fear it at first. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Knee jerk reaction is no, 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 no. And then I think about it. And once it settles in, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I won't be so bad. So he contacted me and said, we're working on our album and we'd really like some strings. And would you want to be a part of the album? And so after my initial reaction, I said, well, sure. What does this entail? You have to come to the studio and record. And I, you know, my upbringing in classical music and being part of an orchestra has always been, yes, we did live music, but that's all it was. Never recorded anything was always, you know, I could, I could play live, but it was always in front of me. I had music in front of me. I knew what the notes are because they were there in front of me. This was, well, I'll send you a file of the song so you can hear the song. And your part is between minute this and minute that. So take a listen and then we'll get together and record it. <laughs> and once again, I had my knee jerk reaction of like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I can't do this. This is not happening. Um, so I asked him, I said, okay, there's no sheet music, fine. Um, if you can give me notes, <laughs> what are the notes? I can probably figure it out. I needed something to go on. Uh, so he was, he was able, I mean, we're all musicians just because we're local independent music artists doesn't mean we don't know music, right? We're not, everything's not on the fly. People know notes. So he sent me the, the notes and then I could piece it together. It was like a puzzle. So listen to the part. I've got the notes, take out my viola put it together. So I did. And the studio experience after that was perfect because what's great about studio recording and anyone listening who has done this or, or is a, a producer knows you record many, many tracks and then you fit the one in that works the best. <laughs> so that's actually making it an easier process for me. So I go in to, uh, with, Jesse, AKA Kill a Mouse, uh, he recorded the Stattered Melodies album. And, you know, we just went through it and it was a wonderful experience. I had a great time. And they also got me to wing some stuff. I learned a whole new section while I was there in the studio. <laughs> Which sometimes happens. Yeah. So just a I, little bit. Yeah. But I really enjoyed the experience. It was just neat to be around people who, who love music and love producing it and, and are open-minded to different ideas. And, and while there is a set song, you know, this is the song, here are the notes, you can still be free with it and, and kind of make it your own. And, and if you have an idea on how to do something, they're totally great with it. They're like, yeah, let's try it. And it was just, it was a wonderful experience. So yes, I'm on an album. Yay. Denny's on an album. <laughs> 
happening. He's on the album. This never would have happened without this music community, without knowing Scattered Melodies, without knowing this music scene, without meeting all these amazing people. And so many of them are my friends now. And them finding out that I have a musical background myself. And, you know, some people still are like, isn't that a big fiddle? But no, the viola is not a big fiddle. (laughs) Or a violin. (laughs) Or a violin, yes. Um, But, you know, everyone, we, it just wouldn't happen without this, without the local music and independent music. So what does, what does independent music mean to you? Uh, You know, what, what is your feelings towards independent artists or independent music in general? Independent to me means freedom. It means it means you are able to put your music together and the way you want to. You're not constrained by a corporate label that is saying, hey, we need you to kick out five new songs in this style this year because it's part of your contract. <laughs> you know, um, think about the past, the past maybe 10, 12 years, how alternative, even five years, how alternative music has, has changed uh, from a rock sound to everybody kind of mashing up. And it's like, is it rock? Is it pop? What is it? Um, even artists that have started as more rock alternative musicians have taken that pop route because Part of it is they're going with what sells and they're going with what their contract states and they're going with what their label says. And independent means you don't have to do that. You can be yourself. You can you can play the music that inspires you and that you love. And if it is pop, great. I, this is not an anti-pop music or, or any kind of uh, different genre rap or rant because, you know, there's some great independent pop artists out there like Gabe Kubanda, who we mentioned earlier in the show, you know, so it's there. It's just a matter of you're able to do what you want. And if you want to switch it up, then great, switch it up. It's about choice. Yeah. It's about the choice of what you want to do and, and having the freedom to do it. And unfortunately at the same time, it also has its setbacks to be indie because you won't get the play on the corporate stations like you want to, uh, you know, and that's just what makes independent radio very important. Was that one of your drawing factors to to being on the radio was because of the fact that it nurtured and supported independent music? Yeah, that was a draw. Um, knowing that it was it was indie, it was underground, it wasn't a corporate station, it wasn't, you know, I, I and, you know, again, I say corporate like I'm bashing it and it's not all bad. You know, the, the stations here try to do what they can to help, um, but they also have restrictions at the same time, whereas an indie station doesn't have the restrictions. I can say pretty much what I want. I can support who I want for sure. Um, I, I have made my time with KWSS, not just my shows, but the station as a whole. I've really tried to contribute to making it better. And that was the draw. I really, I've always been kind of in the, I've always been in the, the corner of the underdog. I've always been rooting for the underdog and I've done that all throughout my life. <laughs> And it just, it just fit. It was when KWSS presented this opportunity to me, I was like, yes, let's do it. Let's learn about this scene. And then I, since I came from a background of no radio, learning how it can reach people, even being an independent station, the way it can reach people and and how much it's needed and the importance of it, 
really drove it home. And now I can never leave it until I die. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> no words here on that one. That was, that was, <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> and we're done. So to transition for a second. So what, what kind of preparation do you do when you're putting together your show? So my morning show, I do morning six to 10 AM. Um, I basically, and I still do voice tracking, so I call it almost live. And voice uh, tracking is what? Because I actually, we talked about it before too. What is, yeah. to let everyone else know. Voice tracking is pre-recording. It's just, it's pre-recording. You're, you're, you're not live. You're not, yeah, you, it, it, it definitely has advantages. So since KWSS is an all-volunteer station, we all have day jobs. I have a marketing business that's what pays the bills. Uh, KWSS is, I mean, we don't, we're not bringing in a paycheck. We can bring in sponsorships to help out. But for the most part, you know, all of us here at the station do, do not, we all have other things we have to do. So voice tracking is very helpful because we're able to pre-record our shows uh, and, and, and then we can still be on the air and still be supporting this community. So I start my, my day the day before <laughs> by gathering my information for my segments. Uh, every week, I put together my local spotlight artists for the week. I do a 939 local spotlight. Uh, but at the same time, we play local music throughout the entire broadcasting day. Uh, this is just for me having one segment where I can talk a little bit more about one particular artist or if they have a new single out or a new video uh, back in the old days where there was live music, if they had a show back in olden times, back in my day, back in my day when there was live music. Yes. So, um, so I put all that prep together. You know, I have my, my nerdy news segment and good morning, good news segment. You know, I have all the things that go with a morning show and I put all that together and I, you know, I put together what I can. I have the luxury with my business. I work at home so I can do my show a little closer to live. So there might be, you know, anywhere from 10 minutes to an hour delay because I'm at home working and, and doing things when my show is airing. So, you know, a little behind the curtain on, on how it works. But for instance, our afternoon DJ, Jay Cairo, he has an, a nine to five job that he has to go to every day. So he does his afternoon show the evening before. And it's, it's very lucky that we're able to do it. We still stay in contact with people. So for instance, if someone were to call and leave a voicemail or text into the station, we would get that live. So we would still see that and we can still interact with everybody. So um, we're not just recording and forgetting it and ignoring our listeners. Right, but, but you're just maximizing on your time because of the fact that everyone else has either a full-time position somewhere else and it's all right. volunteer-based, that this way it kind of works with your time because then you can record everything when it's convenient for your schedule, and then but you're still paying attention to making sure that everything is running smoothly in the station. Exactly. So we want to, you know, we still want to connect with this community and, and still support it. And we're able to do that, but you know, we also have to make a living as well. So, you know, as soon as a, a million dollar donation comes in for KWSS, because we are a nonprofit uh, and can pay us, well, then maybe we'll rethink some things. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of local spotlight, I want to talk more about submissions which ah. is a topic that you and I always have a fun time. Yes, we do we talk about that about. a lot. We do. <laughs> so uh, obviously I'm sure the station ha receives so many different types of submissions. So what would you say is the, by far the biggest mistake 
that musicians make when they're submitting to a radio station? The biggest mistake is they don't send me enough information about what they're sending me. That's the number one thing. I don't get enough information. Now I do my due diligence and I look them up and I, I find them, if they have a website, I go to the website. If they have Facebook, I go to Facebook or Instagram and I try and find out information about what they've sent me. But usually I don't find a lot because artists tend to, you know, I mean, we're all independent here and, and artists, you know, I get it. It's hard to keep up with things online when you're trying to still create your music and maybe they have day jobs too, which most of them do. That's true. But when I open an email from an artist and they have a song, um, usually I'll get, here's my new single and it's a Spotify link or it's a YouTube link. And, you know, I'd love for you to play it or this single's being released. That's the only info I get is the release date. I need more than that. Just a little bit more. Um, The reason for my spotlight is so I can say, Hey, they put this, you know, this new song together. It's about, they're doing this because, (laughs) you know, I I just need a little, it doesn't have to be a lot. You know, my segment is under two minutes long, so it's not a lot I need, but if I can't even find out information about the band itself to be able to say, here's the band, they're out of Tempe, you know, this is their lead single off their third EP, you know, just something. So, so so basically obviously linked to the song itself uh who who the who the artist is a little bit about themselves a little bit about the song is there anything else besides those things that you look or usually want to see well so to go back to the links i need more than a link i need a download link (laughs) thank you um i am not i mean if you send me a youtube link or you send me a spotify link i can't download that or even soundcloud sometimes they'll send me the private soundcloud link but i can't download sometimes i will get the download with the soundcloud and that's great props to them but most of the time it's just a link and i can't do anything with it so what do i have to do i have to reply and i have to say please send me a download link so i am a big fan of more you know give me more than i need And if I don't need it, I won't use it. So what I want, what I look for, the perfect submission for me is information about the band and or about the song, whatever, a download link. Uh, If there's a video link, please send me, because sometimes, you know, a video gets released before the single even is, is out. So send me all of those things. If you have a press release, boom you know, golden, golden, top of the line, if you send me that. (laughs) Um, So those are the things that that I look for. And, you know, if you have all of that information where I don't even have to, you know, the the reason when I reply to an email with that kind of submission, my response is going to be great. Thank you for all this. I will be playing the song on this date. Instead of, can you send me the single? I really like the song. Sometimes I hate to say it. If I don't get all the information, it's going to go to the bottom of the line. It's going to go to the bottom of the list. And I'm, and I'm not going to listen to it right away just because I have so much going on. Right. And so speaking on that, on that front, because the fact that you're receiving so many submissions and the fact that you're doing other things, they have other responsibilities for the station and the fact that it's volunteer based. So this is not your primary position. (laughs) And I have work. (laughs) And you have like, you know, work and, you know, other things like, you know, 
personal life and all this other stuff. No, I don't um, have a personal life right so now. So if so if for example, obviously <laughs> it's it's a challenge for you to to respond to every single email that you receive. So let's say for example, somebody sends you an email and you haven't had a chance to respond yet. Um, do you do you encourage people to follow up with you? Or, you know, how how you know, or do they have to be patient and wait for you to respond back to them? How do you usually like to handle that kind of situation? Oh, yes. I want people to follow up. And I just think that's just good business. You have to follow up. You can't just send things one time and assume that if you never hear back that they don't like it. Every day? Uh, No, please don't do that every day. (laughs) That will get you to the bottom of the list, too. Yeah. So. How how like what would you say in in from your perspective is a reasonable time frame to follow up after somebody initially contacts you? Exactly twenty seven hours and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it depends really because there's a lot of factors there. So if you're sending me a single and it's being released next week, uh, number one, you probably sent it to me a little too late. You need to be you know <laughs> timing is is it means a lot. You have how to far it. out? Let, let's talk about that. How far out should somebody then contact you? Well, so going back to setting up my nine 39 schedule, um, usually the Thursday or Friday before the next week, I'm planning the next week out. So if that gives an artist something to go on, um, maybe I would say what, two weeks. Yeah. At least um, that's what we, we internally in 8020 records. That's what we do yeah. for radio is usually two weeks out. If we want something to air the, the same week that's released. Right. So that's the key too. if you want it to be on the air the week of release or a radio preview, which I love radio previews. Um, if they, if you want like a, you know, a radio preview or you want it to be released on the date, um, then definitely two weeks before, if you're flexible on, Oh, it can go to the next week or whatever. If I get something a week prior, then, you know, there's lots of times that you know, there's, it also gets pushed because maybe I'm, I'm booked out. I can get booked out really quick the next couple of weeks. Cause I'm taking notes all the time. Um, as I'm planning, and, you know, sometimes there's six or eight releases coming out and I'm only on the air four days a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yep, um, so it's a limited time frame. Yeah. It so some, some things just get pushed into the next week anyway. Uh, what was the original question there? Oh, on I lost my original question. What, <laughs> what your original question was. Uh, I was just asking about um, uh, time for follow-ups frame. for time, time frames so for follow-ups. follow-ups yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm that's okay. I, th- I had to think about it for a second. We're too, like, so what were we it. talking about? What so, we're talking so, about? Yeah. So time frames. So time frames um, for follow ups. Yeah. So a couple of weeks is good, uh, and then you know if you're if you're contacting me every day, it, it, I don't know. It it it, it just depends. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna like it, and I'm probably going to just I I, I don't know. It, I want to get to everyone, and it's just not possible, but artists also have to be patient and if an artist has planned well we won't run into that you know they know their time frame they know so they're going to send something to me the first time with enough time to follow up without it being every day if you're sending me something the week of a release you know on a Sunday night and something's getting released on Thursday well yeah that's going to make you want to contact me every day to follow up because you didn't give yourself enough time to be able to properly follow up. <laughs> it's a, it's the same thing on our end. And this is not just true with radio, but just uh, in general, when we are doing any kind of outreach on the behalf of our artists or their label internally is 
again, also depends upon how much lead time there is and also depends upon the urgency. So mm-hmm. obviously if there's less lead time, the little bit more frequent we're going to to follow up with that particular person, especially if it's a if it's a truncated time frame where this opportunity will be gone within a certain, you know, in a week or two. Right. Yeah. So obviously that means we'll have to contact them a little bit more frequently than normal. But for example, case in point, let's say for radio, if it's two weeks out, we know, OK, so we'll contact them two weeks out. We'll contact them, um, them again a week prior if we haven't heard from them, from them. And then we'll contact them again maybe a couple of days prior, especially if we really want to get their attention. And then we'll contact them the day off. Yeah. So usually about three to four times total that we'll reach out. But we'll make sure that we spread it out. And also the way we spread it out is that the longer it is, the further out it the time the deadline is. So if right. it's like four weeks out, maybe once a week. We'll contact them. Yeah. And then as it gets closer, maybe then it'll kind of get closer to maybe a couple of days or something along those lines. And usually for the most part, as at, from at least from my perspective, as long as it's not every day, then you should be okay. Even within the week itself, if you spread out three to five days, yeah. that's usually okay. And again, if it's something that's like two months from now, that's probably a little too much. Unless you absolutely need to have an answer, you know, in you know, within a couple of weeks because it's two months out and you have to prepare for something. So you're right. It, it, a lot of it has to do with context, but just being respectful of the other person's time. If you right. feel like you're going to be obnoxious and following up with them on the following day, chances are that you probably are going to be. So you want to be, you know, acknowledge those things and know that they're busy and are dealing with so many incoming call uh, emails that they have to sift through. So you have to be respectful for that fact. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I, you know, and I appreciate that. I mean, you just, the, the key thing is just being respectful of people's time and realizing that there's a lot going on. And, you know, I don't, I don't play the volunteer card because I'm not, look I don't look at KWSS that way. Um, but I just let people know. I'll just say, look, sorry, I got busy with work or whatever, and I'm trying to catch up. You know, I unfortunately my I, I and I always feel bad too because things fall through the cl- the cracks. And I mean, there was someone who he sent me something back in September, and I played it the end of November, early December, and I felt really bad. Um, he had two more singles out by then. And, you know, and it just happens. And I just try and, I mean, I try and respect the artist as well. I do, because I, I, I know that it's important to them and they, and they want play. At the same time, I also know that there's a flexibility there too. So like, if I don't make the release, it's okay to play it the week after, you know, it, it's not going to hurt anything. That kind of flips it because there's times where I want the station to be first. So, <laughs> so True. I'll... From the label perspective, though, it's sometimes it's nice to have that longevity because a lot of times the reason why we're contacting everybody either prior to release or the day of release is because there are many publications, radio stations, even playlists that want the music to be fresh, meaning within sometimes within a week. Mm-hmm. They want it to be, re- they want it to only release and anything that's longer than that, they are no longer interested. Right. So for that reason, we have to combine it all into one. And frankly, I'd rather spread it out more because for us, I'd rather, instead of having everything done in one shot, I'd rather spread it out because that helps continue to build the momentum of the single or whatever song they were trying to promote at that point in time. So frankly, I actually prefer if even a month or two later, a radio station features a song because then it's something that we can go back to and mention later on instead of all these different articles and all these stations that are doing things for our song all at the same time. 
Yeah, it keeps it fresh. It keeps it fresh and it gets new ears on music. You know, if I play something that's released, say something gets released on a Friday and I'm not able to get it into the schedule until the following week or even two weeks, you know, it's like, it's not like it's suddenly old news. It's still new. Even if the people who are listening have already added it to their Spotify playlists or whatever, it's still new and there's still going to be ears who haven't heard it. So I, and then I can just use it and I can just say, well, this was released a couple of weeks ago and here it is now. It also gives me ample time if I wanted to try and schedule an interview and have them come on the air and talk about it too. So, you know, there, it, it's nice to have the flexibility of it. Absolutely. So I actually want to talk about that next in regards to interviews, which is, what suggestions would you have in how artists, as well as, I'm going to include a bunch in here, artists, managers, and record labels can do to build better relationships with radio stations? Well, the first thing is that I would like to remind all of them that radio is still very important. <laughs> Sometimes it gets forgotten in our digital streaming world. And everyone is very caught up in Spotify and, and streaming things and, and doing Facebook and, and Instagram and, and, you know, everyone's online, everyone's doing digital. And I would just like to remind everybody that radio is still getting more ears than those things at one time. So for instance, if an artist can get 750 streams of their single in a month, which is actually really good for Spotify, well, I can, you know, not to toot my own horn, but we can get you that in one listen in the 939 spotlight, 750 people listening at least. So, you know, it's a perspective thing. Um, radio is not dead. And so that's number one, you know, just a reminder, a gentle reminder. Just a to, gentle one. Yes, just a gentle reminder that radio is still very important because we do get you know, I, I, I'm online all the time, not just with my job, but just with radio. And I'm always searching for things as, as much as everyone submits music to me, I'm out there searching for it. And I see it all the time, pre-save this, pre-save that. And, and I always think, why wasn't this sent to me yet? <laughs> you know, don't you want your Phoenix community to hear the single, you know, and not everybody's going to be right there the day that it's released on Spotify going, Hey, I mean, it happens. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. They have to work together. So as far as interviewing goes, if people want to interview, well, that can be set up in advance too. Again, it just comes down to, have you got your calendar straight? Do you know what your process is? Uh, I have an interview. I know this isn't airing the same week, but in a couple of days, I have an interview coming up with a band who's releasing their single on Spotify the same day, but the video's already been released. But they planned that with me weeks ago. So, you know, that, that's how you do it. Um, if you want to maintain those relationships, you have to have your own calendar in order, I would say. And a lot of people don't have labels and managers backing them. So it makes it a little more difficult to, to get that calendar together. But in a way, it's not that difficult because you literally open a calendar and you plan. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So planning things out, scheduling interviews, anything else that you would say is something that can help. You know, what, what are things that you like to see? Because I, I, we'll, we can use us as an example, right? Because A20 Records and KWSS has a fantastic relationship. And we have done things together that go far beyond even doing 
uh, having our artists do interviews on the station or having the station featuring our music. Mm-hmm. We've done things such as co-collaboration on events, such as the Guilty Pleasure Show. Remember events, Michael? Oh, no, it's too soon. Too soon. <laughs> but case in point, because uh, we, I would love to talk about this with you, is the fact that because we've already had a great relationship for a while because of the things that we've been doing, which is the mutual respect, making sure that we're coordinating with the station when new music comes out, as well as scheduling interviews. And we built, you know, built a relationship and a friendship out of that. And, and also, of course, meeting, you know, hanging out at shows and things like that, too. But we've developed a friendship because of that. And so when it came time to KWSS doing their annual fall fundraiser, I know we had this discussion where you're talking about, you know, everything that's going on, the logistics of putting everything together and so forth. And at the same time, we were doing our annual Guilty Pleasure show. So we said, why not? Why don't we just combine the two together and do something fun? And that's, and that, and that's exactly what happened. We did that a couple of times where mm-hmm. we, we combined efforts and, and joined forces and to do, and to, to do an event together. Yeah, it takes, and you know, this doesn't just happen overnight. It takes time to build relationships. I'm not even 100% sure I like you, Mike. So oh, yeah. we're still I, working still on, on the that. Fence. Yeah, we're still working on that. <laughs> but I mean, we've known each other now for what, five years? I, yeah, over five years, I over think. Over five years now. So yeah. it's taken, and we have only done the Guilty Pleasure Show together, you know, probably the last three years, three, yeah. four years. Yeah. Something so. like that, probably the last three years. So it, it still took a couple of years to build that mutual trust and respect with each other before we even came up, you know, even kind of suggested an idea of doing something like this. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people get sucked into very quickly as they expect, because the online world is so instantaneous, they expect relationships just happen and be instantaneous. And no, it takes a lot of work and a lot of time to build those relationships and build, it's a trust. It's a building of a trust. And, you know, it's like, I, I trust you. I know I can come to you, Mike, and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of putting this show together. Is there a way I can help and, or a way you can help. And, you know, you're always just like, yes, let's see what we can do. And if there's something that can't be done on either of our ends, well, that's fine too. A lot of flexibility has uh, flexibility and open-mindedness has to go into it as well. You can't just, a no doesn't mean that you never should work together again in anything. It just means that we can't do this one particular thing. Um, but you have to, you know, when you build those relationships and if you start out on negative, you know, I, I do have some artists that will come and they, they submit their music and they do do a little bit of harassing and, and, you know, trying to get their thing played. And, and, you know, I get called out, I've got called out on Twitter before about it, you know, you know, publicly. And it's like, why does that number one, why does that suddenly make me want to play your music? <laughs> I would say, honestly, that's probably the biggest mistake. I'm going to Trump. Uh, I'm going to go over you on this one and saying that, that calling, calling a radio station out public, especially publicly on not spinning your song is probably by far the worst thing you can possibly do because that's, to- that's now, now, not now. That's a never. Yeah, that's, that you know, if if you want ways to not ever have your music get played, that's the number one thing to do. <laughs> yep, no question. <laughs> you know, you, you have to be, as much as you independent artists are that artists and creative, there is a business end to it. There is a business side. And you don't have to, you know, when I say business, 
I'm not saying that you have to do a nine to five and, and, you know, have to be strictly business all the time. I mean, I, I've had a marketing business for over eight years and I am as casual as they come. So, <laughs> you know, and, and, but you do have to have a, pro a professional aspect to it where, because you are, the goal is to get your music out there and to get it played. So if you get grumpy because something isn't played or maybe someone else played it, but you didn't get it played, you know, you don't, you, you can't assume that it's because we didn't want to play it. In that particular example, I completely forgot about it. Right. And no one followed up with me. Right. And that comes down to the, those follow-ups. It also comes down to as well as that is what is your relationship with the station? Do you have any kind of relationship with the station whatsoever? How are you involved? Are you engaging with the station on social media? I mean, I, I've yeah. seen this before. This has nothing to do with favoritism at all, but there's been several artists that volunteer going to the booths when, when KWSS has booths at events, when again, there were events and there will be uh, musicians that will just go and just hang out by the booth and just make sure that's taken care of because again, it's all volunteer based, but that's something that I know the station really appreciates. So when they have a new song come out, then of course it's not a question of that. You're going to pick them over the others because they volunteer, but chances are that you're going to remember to open up that email because yes. of that fact is because you have that familiarity with that person going, that's right. They volunteered at the booth. I want to make sure that I can take a look at this first so I can listen yes. to their music because you want to support them back in return. Exactly. That's what it's about. I mean, that's just a life lesson right there. You know, it is. You, you get back what you put into it. It's a hundred percent true. Yeah. So if, yeah, exactly. I'm definitely going to remember if, you know, some artist comes in and I mean, I, and, and it hasn't been just 80, 20 and 80, 20 artists. I mean, I've had many artists come and help out. I still remember one year when, when fairy bones came and, and there were huge supporters. Yeah, they Huge. came out and they sat with my with my tent because I couldn't be there and they just they just ran it and you know it was so I was so grateful to them because I have not cloned myself yet. I'm working on it, but I have Me not too. cloned myself yet. We'll compare notes. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out somehow. But that's what it comes down to. It's you want to be top of mind. So if you're out there actively supporting, it doesn't even have to be the, you know supporting anything if you're out there supporting anything and you're you know even little things like sharing posts on social media uh getting in touch you know just just being there or even dropping a message like a private message saying you know this i saw you guys do this today good job you know i mean anything like that i'm gonna remember that so when your band shoots an email and says or you or artist messages me and says, because I'm friends with many artists personally on Facebook, you know how that goes, Mike. So, you know, if they message me and say, hey, you know, so I have a single coming out, I'm going to be like, great, let me hear it. Exactly. But if, un if unknown artist comes to me and who I don't even know and is like, hey, listen to my song. And then the next day they're like, why haven't you gotten back to me? Well, I don't know who you are. Sorry. <laughs> right. It's going to be just naturally, just like anybody else, it'll be lower on your priority list because you don't know them. Right. I also may, uh, want to add to that this too, that even if you do these things, even if you do, let's say, share on social media, you've even volunteered at the booth and so, and so forth, there should not be an expectation that means you're guaranteed to get airplay. Right. Yeah. That's the other she thing that's important too, is that if the song is you know not the right fit for the station in whichever means and let's let's be honest here that could mean the quality of the recording itself if that's not up to speed of the station the station has to look out for 
what they're putting on the radio for their own listener base. And they have to be honest about those things because it's their own reputation that's on the line about what they're what they're playing. Yeah. So if your music is not the right type of genre or or just the quality is not that, you know, is not where it needs to be or anything along those lines, it doesn't mean that you get a free pass to being on, on the station just because of the fact that you volunteered and do those things. And yeah. that's the other thing too is that some you know, sometimes people can get feel bent out of shape because they're like, I did everything that you said and blah, 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 and so forth. And then they still don't get anything. Well, there's no guarantees in any of this. Right. Zero. There is no guarantees. What you're doing here is that you're supporting other people and supporting your community. And sometimes that means that they support you back in return. And sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And even when it doesn't, that's okay. Because you will eventually will find the people that will support you back in return without any expectations of them doing so. And mm-hmm. that's how things are built. There are sometimes people that I've helped out five, six years ago and never heard from them again. And then all of a sudden, like, I'll hear from them, you know, a couple of days later, you know, like six, seven years later um, in some other cases. And they would just either they had an opportunity for me or just want to simply say thank you. I've had, had I can't tell you how many times this happened to me. So you just never know how that's going to pay a lot. Sometimes it doesn't pay pay back at all and that's always totally fine there should never be the expectation of that and sometimes it pays back tenfold yeah that's just the indie life seriously that's just that's just how it goes it's all we've got is each other to help i think that's just life out. in general a bus- yeah. business and life in general i think is mm-hmm. that way we've learned this a lot especially over the past nine ten months with quarantining and low live music and and having a lack of connecting with that community we've really it's really given me personally some perspective on how to keep that going and how to keep supporting this community. But I want to piggyback on something that you said, because um, as far as the right fits for KWSS in particular, mm-hmm. yes, one advantage of being independent is even though the base genre of our music, we're an alt rock station. Um, when it comes to the local music, that has more blurry lines. It's a little more gray uh, because we will play country or rap, uh, you know, some hip hop or, you know, whatever. We've I've done, done metal, you know, we've done harder rock. Um, that's just the local. Um, getting into, especially when I do my spotlight, the 939 spotlight, um, I, I know our listeners. Our listeners have a wide range of music that they listen to. Now, while the base of KWSS is alternative for the spotlight, I will introduce many genres to to that artist. So I don't want an artist to be deterred because maybe they're like, oh, they're not going to play my rap song. You're going to have to, you know, if if you have a song that has a lot of language issues, that might be a problem um, in any genre. But oh, that's another thing to add to submissions, a radio-friendly submission. That's a good one, too. It's so a add, very good point. Everyone add that to your checklist. Make sure that it's a radio-friendly. Okay, so going back to that, I love how we just go all over the place, Mike. Yep. So going we back to- We still have to, a map. We got, we, we're building the checklist as we're going. <laughs> so, so, the, so going back to submissions, number one is having enough information, a link to download, and that, 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 um, that, Download should be radio friendly. It should be a radio friendly version of your song. Um, there are, I will try and edit when I can. The problem is, I don't always have time to sit there and, you know, I love to edit, but it comes down to a timing thing and piece right. through a song. Um, I don't have lyrics in front of me. So I would love to be able to jump right to where I need to and edit it, but that's not always the case. So I have to listen. 
uh, many times and then try and edit it. And it's tedious work. Uh, the artist should be doing that on their end. I honestly believe it, that. Honestly, you're the only person that I've, that I've heard of on the radio side that actually would be willing to do something like that. Most of the time, well, by far the majority will just automatically decline you if there's any kind of uh, any kind of li- lyrics that are, are bad language that they cannot air. They'll just immediately deny it. Um, also, length, song length, too. We have also flexibility with the song length. Which, but so, that's not always the case with radio. Like a lot of radio stations, they do have a limit on right. your song length, too. So yeah, radio friendly is to those two things. Right. So I agree. Um, length is secondary to that for us. Um, the the language and having an edited version, a clean copy. Sorry, that's the word I'm looking for. Clean. <laughs> A clean copy of the song that I can play is way more important because FCC and an FCC violation for an independent station can kill an independent station. Yeah. Whereas a corporate station, it's, oh, okay, we can pay that fine. That's that can make or break a station, especially like us, KWSS. So. Even the Very. commercial stations, they're usually not going to take that chance because they don't want to be. Con- right. Yeah. They're not going to even want to take that shot. That if you that think risk about anyway. Yeah. And if you think about volume, the volume of submissions that a corporate station gets is probably way higher than a station like us gets. And that's fine. Uh, but yeah, you, you know, think about, I would say this to all independent artists is to put, to think about KWSS, not as think about them. Like they think about themselves as an indie station, how you would want to be supported. KWSS needs to be supported. <laughs> It's a good way of looking at it. It really is. We do all the same things to try and get the word out about our station. And we don't have the funds, like just like any indie artist, we don't have the funds to do it. You know, we we scrape and scramble wherever we can uh, to to get that done and to play their music. Uh, so, you know, we have to work together. It's that whole community support thing and building that relationship. But, um, and now I've totally thrown us off the mark because I went back to submissions. No, you didn't because we're going to segue in a second here. <laughs> Because one thing that you mentioned about supporting is about social media. Yes. So let's talk about social media. My wheelhouse. Your wheelhouse. Why is it your wheelhouse, Danny? Well, because my marketing business is is social media and digital marketing. So that's what I've been doing. That's what that's what hopefully sort of pays the bills. <laughs> so how did you get into it doing social media on a management on a professional level? How did you get into that? Well, it's a fun story. <laughs> That's why I asked it. Really? Uh, I had no idea. Wow. Getting out of town. So for those who listen to KWSS and have been to shows back in the olden days of live music, uh, I have a plus one that joins me in on these shows every now and then. Her name is Cheyenne. Uh, she has been my friend forever. She's been my plus one since our kids were in elementary school and in Girl Scouts. And I met her because we were co-Girl Scout leaders. So that's how I met her. So wow. she was my plus one right from the start. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and our daughters are are really good friends, too. So it's, it's really nice. Uh, well, she is also an entrepreneur and has had, you know, lots of not lots. I don't want to make it sound like she's had lots of <laughs> lots of businesses. Where did they go? But she opened a commercial kitchen uh, about, well, over eight years ago. And she wanted me to manage her social media and and be a part of it. And I had already been doing the marketing for KWSS and 
and, you know, self-teaching myself on how things go. Things were so less complicated back in 2007, 2008, right? So um, she asked me to do it and, and she said, I can't afford to pay you. <laughs> And I was like, okay, what does that mean? But she says, you're really good at what you do. And I think you should start a business and I'll be your first client. This was the one time that I did not say, I don't know. Remember I talked about how my first knee jerk reaction is to be scared. Right. I said, yeah, that's a great idea. I don't know why that suddenly came out as a, yes, I can do it, but I did. And that's how my business was born. Uh, that was 2012. Yes, 2012. And so she became my client and I built it from there. And I, yeah, I basically cover marketing and social media and management of those things for small businesses. So doing this for eight years, uh, what we're going to, you'll see a repeat of these kind of questions. What are the biggest mistakes that you've seen people make on social media? On, I'll, I'll be more, even more specific for businesses specifically. And this includes artists. So everyone who's listening. Well, to be quite honest, the, one of the, the most mistakes I see are in artists. <laughs> Sorry, artists. I'm putting you yeah, on notice. It's, it's true. I, I've seen, but also this is, this is good for managers of labels or anybody who is interested in the music industry to be aware creatives. of this. Let's say creatives. Ooh, I like that. Creatives. Because creatives are coming from a different place and they're not thinking about, and I, you know, they're thinking it in their heads, the, the plan, the plan is in their head. They have something they want to get out there. They, they have something that's being released. They have something they're finishing up on. And the visual I always get is that they're lying in bed and they're like, Oh crap, I need to post on Facebook about, about my new song or about my new piece of art or the new video coming out. Um, and then you don't hear from them for another couple of weeks. And then they're like, okay, it's released today. Boom, here's the Spotify link or here's whatever, here you can go buy this. And then they are frustrated because they're like, nobody has done anything with this new thing that I have put out there. So biggest frustration is they're not planning. It all comes down to planning. They don't have that calendar. They're not, they're just not planning. And they're, they're thinking that they don't have time to do it. They don't have time to post on Facebook and post on Instagram. And, you know, cause they're trying to do their thing and they have to go to work because they have the day job. And so part of what I do with my business is to show them all of these fantastic tools out there so that they can spend a couple hours of time and make that plan and plan it out so that everything just rolls out automatically. All they have to do is check it. They're done. It's perfect. And they're still relevant. <laughs> Absolutely. So tools are, are a big help. Uh, do you have any uh, little tidbits um, that you can talk about, about what kind of tools to use or some proper <laughs> etiquette? Don't be a tool. Use the tools. Ha-ha. There's my new, there's my new byline. No, That's your slogan. Yeah. There's my new slogan. <laughs> no, because I would never call anyone a tool. Thank you. I feel bad just that I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of things I use. I love creator studio on Facebook. You it's fantastic. Use, it yep. really is. They have upped their game a lot. The one thing I don't like about it is that it's still very video centric. 
So you can't get any decent insights from using Creator Studio, but that's not a big problem if, if you know how to look for the right insights, which I can help you with if anyone needs help. Ding. So, plug, if anybody <laughs> didn't know that, that was plug right into the podcast there. Well, my byline for my business is I can help you with that. So true. I can't. It's very true. Um, you've, helped, you've helped 80, 20 records with that too. <laughs> so yes. So Creator Studio, the fantastic thing about it is you schedule your posts out. You can add your photos. You can add your video. You can add all the links that you need and tag anybody you want to tag. You can also do that on Instagram because Facebook owns Instagram. So there's an Instagram tag there as well. So people who think, oh, I don't have time to post on Instagram. Well, with a little planning, you can set it up and it rolls out. So uh, though that's the number one place I am is Creator Studio. Um, I also use Buffer for a lot of things because uh, you can add LinkedIn and Twitter on that with Buffer. So those are my two big ones. That's where I am most of the time. Excellent. And yeah. um, how often do you usually recommend that people post? on these different platforms? So it varies. Uh, the number one thing is that you need to know your audience. You need to know who, who is, who, who do you want to reach and who is watching you, which you can also get from your insights. Uh, I would say at least once a day or once every other day, um, that has been something that I have stuck. Now people always say that once a day is too much. That is the first thing I hear once a day. No, no, no. There's things they're not thinking about. Number one is the assumption that everybody sees everything they post. And that is not true. Hello, algorithm world, which I think more people are in tune to that now and understand that there is an algorithm. But once a day is not going to overpower anything. You also want to make sure that you time it right as well. So be consistent. Consistency, I've done this, this kind of this is the one thing I haven't changed in my business for, for eight years. And it has served me well the entire time is just the consistency of it. So you want to make sure you're doing that. Um, yeah. Those are good. Those are good tidbits. And these are things that, that, that I've learned um, in social media in general, but especially having you on board as well as reinforcing those things and really having, like you said, that plan of action of, okay, what do I need to schedule? So internally in the company, we usually will plan our like plan our social media at least one to two weeks ahead of time and making sure that everything is set. And also, again, yeah. posting on a daily basis. And yeah, you don't, have to, from you. you don't have to go. You don't have to go crazy. You know, you don't have to think, oh, I have to do an entire month of content. The world changes. Things change, you know, going out even just one week. I mean, I, I plan all of my client content out at least a week in advance. That's it just, just a week. And then I plan that time. And, and if something changes, you got to make sure you have to watch things, you know, it's not just schedule it and forget about it. You have to watch things because things happen that will not relate to your, whatever you're doing. Um, for instance, over the summer when black lives matter was at its height and there were protests going on, a lot of artists held off on promoting themselves because they just didn't feel right about it. And I, you know, great. You know, I, I think there still could have been a way you could have done it, but I respect the fact that people were being aware of that. And at the same time, I did see some things squeak out that were probably planned things, not just from artists, but from businesses and just things I see in general, um, where you're just like, well, I probably should have checked that before you put it out there, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, 
you still have to have an aware awareness of what you're doing. You're online anyway. You know, I, I'm sorry, but everyone is online right now. You can't tell me that you are, I'm not talking about Facebook and, you know, this has nothing to do with how everybody hates Facebook now and wants to be on Instagram and blah, blah, blah. It has to do with you're online looking at something. If you're online looking at something, you can do your own content. Yep. <laughs> you can. I mean, I sit around all the time and I check client content as I'm looking through my own stuff. So, I mean you can do it. There's a way to do it. And it doesn't take a whole lot of time to do, to plan a week out and then just check it. It really isn't that, it's not as time consuming as you think, but it does take some work, some focused work. And it's worth it. I, I can't tell you how many times that we would make posts on A20 Records and we have people contacting us for all different kinds of reasons for the different programs that we have. Because And I would ask them afterwards, how did you find out about us? And most of the time it's because of Instagram. People came back and say, yeah, we found you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So this yeah. is the reason why it's, it's, I have you know, pure proof that this works. In fact, we did a, I did a little nonchalant post about, Hey, we still are accepting internships for spring. And then within like two days, I've got two, I had two or three people submit to us almost immediately just because of specifically from Instagram. Cause we didn't really post mm -hmm. anywhere else. I just put it up on Instagram just saying, Hey, just letting people know that we still have some uh, positions open with our internship program and immediately got a couple of responses. And that's so, another thing to think about too, is don't be afraid to repost things, you know, yeah. it's like, and that, and that, again, it always comes back to the plan. The plan is everything. A plan in a calendar is everything because then you can, you know, you're not posting every day. doesn't mean you post the same thing every day. Posting every day means you go to look at your, what you've got your plan and you're mixing it up. And then maybe a week, week and a half later, depending on that timeline and the urgency of what you need to get out there, then you post it again because not everybody sees every post. So if you don't repost something, you know, you're, you're trying to, you want to reach as many eyes as possible. I'm also big on organic posting. I, I like information to be out there organically because again, independent artists, people who are independent and small businesses, they don't have a lot of capital to, to boost posts and to spend on advertising, or maybe they personally don't want to, uh, you know, just because of their own personal reasons, that's fine. One of the biggest things in my job is how do I do this and get the max number of eyes on something organically so that maybe if you do want to throw $5 at something to boost something, that's going to go a lot further than you know, then, oh my God, I need to have a couple hundred dollars to spend. Well, you don't, you don't. I mean, right. it helps you if you do, but it helps. So you don't need to, as right. long as you, as long as you, you craft the, and have intent and think through of what that post is going to be and what right. message. And the thing that I, and also learned from you as well is that consistency factor. What helps us plan our posts out is having certain set type of posts that we can do every single week. So we're not thinking off the top of our heads. Oh, right. I don't know what to post. Even if we're planning ahead, I have no idea what to post for this week because it's a, let's say a downtime in the company, whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. So we have certain things in place that we know we can consistently post about. So for example, we obviously this podcast, mm -hmm. we release it weekly on Thursdays. Right. That's something that we do consistently. So we know every Thursday that we're going to do a post because a new episode is coming about for the 8020 show. So right. we got our Thursdays now covered. Because now I know you tease, tease me about this all the time, but you know, obviously throwbacks are usually a, a very popular thing. But <laughs> since we already have a post designed for Thursdays, 
we are we designed it for Tuesdays, so we just do Throwback you, Tuesdays. You hijacked the hashtag. I hijacked the hashtag. So, <laughs> so now we we do it on Tuesdays, but it still gives us great results. And it's, it's we do, we've done it where I'll I'll put up you know pictures. We teased about this earlier in the episode, maybe pictures of myself, but also mm-hmm. too I'll post relevant uh, images about what's going on within within the company from things yes. in the past, um, artists, even our team. And so it's a fun it's a fun aspect to show more about our own personal lives or right. just things in general. And this also gives a good excuse to do reposts is because oh, it's yeah. a throwback, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll do that. And then one thing that we've done fairly recently is every Sunday now we do what's called Artist Spotlight, where we'll focus on one of the members of one of our bands that's on the roster and we'll do a little blurb about them, about a little bit about themselves. And we'll do that mm-hmm. every single Sunday. And that's been working fantastically well. But I can plan for that. I can say, oh yeah. So I literally have in our calendar, you know, usually within the next couple of weeks, who would I want to feature? And that could be just randomly, um, just somebody that I was thinking about that I want to, you know, give a shout out to, or maybe designed based upon something that we're coming out with and that we want to make it part of our social media plan. So, but that, that's three days already that are just naturally covered because we just do it every single week. So that's already three out of seven days that we just don't have to even think about. The number one thing, it comes back to know your audience, know what's working for you. What does your audience want? It's also a matter of remembering that this is called social media. People forget about the word social. So they'll just stick to what their message is and what they're, what they're selling. And I use selling in the broad term of the reason that we're posting is we're selling something. It doesn't necessarily have to be for cash. You know, you're selling that new release. You're selling that video. You're, you know, you, this is, we're selling something. That's why we're there. But people, as much as people want to see that, they don't want to see that all the time. They really don't. They want to know who are the people behind the scenes? Who are the people who are running this show? You know, I, I actually just posted that because I have my tip Tuesday. So (laughs) there you go. See consistency. So a tip Tuesday. And I just said that I said, get personal. It doesn't mean that you have to hit, you know, hit record and give your life story. It means that you want to show behind the scenes, a picture of your office. Here's where I'm working today. It's amazing how, how well things do. And they're the most simplest things, you know, it's like, I, you post a picture of your office and I'm like, here's my workspace for today. And boom, it like blows up because that's what people want. They want to get to know the people behind. Now, how, for those who I can already hear the argument in my head, because this is what I do, what are people going to say in response? And it's going to be, well, that just seems like a waste of time. I might as well just use my personal one and not worry about it, but it helps the algorithm. It helps, you know, because you get, you, you do tend to get more likes and shares of personal things than of the business things or sharing a link to an article or something like that. It's unfortunate, but it's a fact, you know, I would love to have links to important information be shared, uh, you know, and, but no, the picture of my dog is going to be shared. Right. (laughs) But you use that because you're not thinking about you're thinking about the algorithm and you're thinking about the engagement part of it. And that way, when you do post, here's our new link to the video, pre-save this, more people are going to see it in the long run. So, and they're yeah. going to and they're going to respond better too. I right. this is solely a, a, a pull off of uh, Gary V. If anybody mm-hmm. knows who he is, but I'm a big believer believer in this is that majority of your posts should be something of value to the other person, whether yes. it's 
something inspirational, motivational, something about yourself, something that's mm-hmm. educational, whatever the case is, uh, enter, you know, entertaining, enjoyment, funny, shocking, whatever, right? Should have some sort of value that you're that you're providing to that other person. And I, I forgot the ratio is, but I'm going to use eight to two because I was just going to say 80, 20. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, but seriousness is like, it is about 80% of your post should be something that is of value to somebody else. And you're not asking for anything in return. And then 20% of your posts should right. be a CTA or a call to action. Yes. And the call to action could be anything that could be, you know, if you're saying something like, listen to my song, check out my live stream. Uh, anything along those lines. If you're asking for somebody to do something, that's a call to action every single yep. time. So it's not even saying, hey, like, it's like, oh, well, I don't post much about my merchandise. I'm like, well, that's just one call to action. What else are you asking people to do? If you're asking somebody to do something, click on a link, go somewhere else, that is, you're asking somebody to do something, yeah. right? So you want to keep that down to 20%. Right. I agree. 100%. Aha, there you go. <laughs> no, you're right. And and you have to think about that. And you know, I can't I can't say it enough that this all comes with the plan. You know, the plan makes everything easier because you you have it there in front of you. At the end of every month, probably a week before the next month starts, I pull out all my calendars for the next month and I make my plan for all my clients and myself. It's like, here's what we're doing. And that's like, it's three quarters of the battle right there. Because if you have your plan, even if it's just every Thursday, you write throwback Thursday, throwback Thursday, it's, it's letting you know that this is what I'm going to be doing. You know, um, look at it like you're planning a radio show. If we want to get back to radio, you know, I have specific segments that I do on my show every day. Uh, I know what's coming and I know how to plan for those things. So I know what I'm looking for on my own social media. It's I have tip Tuesday. So I know that I'm going to have social media tips, motivation Monday. It's going to be something that motivates you, not necessarily a quote, just something that might motivate you to do something better. Absolutely. And I generally speaking, I have usually a, a folder literally called assets that has all the stuff in it too. So asset folder is good. Asset folder is good. So, ha- you know, what hashtags to use, if there's any kind of copy that you may want to use at some yep. point, I actually use it mostly for images and videos. So it's just so I know I have an arsenal of content so that if there's something that I need to post about, I literally have a folder called TBT, which is mm-hmm. just old, old folder, fo- excuse me, old folder, old full photos. <laughs> I'll get it right eventually. Shush you. Uh, so photos uh, that I have of whether it's myself or team, whatever the case is, I already have in a folder. So when it's time to do my throwback Tuesdays, uh, I already have images I can go to saying, okay, here's the images that I haven't used yet. And I can just go right. ahead and pick one and give it some little story and some context. And then boom, off it goes. But I don't have to think right. about it too much because I already have it planned out. Yes, exactly. That's the thing is, is you want to plan so much that you don't even have to think about it. Um, And it also helps to plan in advance because if you have things coming up, like, you know, you being part of a record label, you know, you have artists releasing things all the time. Uh, And then you get the curveballs of, you know, maybe one of your artists ends up in an article that just came out and, you know, yep, you're that not, happens quite a bit, actually. You're not given advance notice of that stuff. Sometimes it just happens. <laughs> oh, that almost happens all the time. It's like, Oh, here's the article. 
Or great. I'll send, I know I've sent you links and be like, look, hey, Mega Rand's yeah. in this. And you're like, oh, what? Oh, what? great. Okay, cool. And that's even after like having Google alerts and everything like that to keep track yes. of all this. And sometimes yes. it still slips through the cracks because, you know, a lot of times we don't find out about it or they, we get emailed about it. But now the articles are, they send it to me when the article is published. So right. I'll, what I'll do in that case scenario is I'll just readjust our schedule a little bit. And even if I just made a post for today mm-hmm. and I know, okay, well, something's already coming out tomorrow that I have to post about, at usually within a week. I can still squeeze right. it in there somewhere and making sure that I still get a mention. See, you know what you're doing because that's exactly what I was going to say. So sorry. <laughs> I'm Good on you. I'm hijacking the interview. Well, no, but that's, but that's the key is if you have the plan and it's in process, it's very easy to adjust the plan because you're not scrambling for anything. You just like, Oh, I just need to move this around or it won't kill you. You can make more than one post in a day. It won't yep. kill you. So if Which you had something go out too. in the morning and you have something that, that happens throughout that day and you want to post about it, it's okay. You definitely don't want to post, especially on Facebook. You don't want to post 10 10 times a day for sure on your Facebook page, because that's just going to piss off a bunch of people. But you do, you know, if you end up throwing another post or if it's something that comes out and you, and maybe your scheduled post just came out like the hour before or something, then like, great, I'll just have this go out this evening. Right. Exactly. Done. So, yeah. So it really just, you know, the plan, the plan and calendaring and just, and knowing your audience, those are the key things and consistency. You have to be consistent because the second you, it only takes, sometimes I don't even, just to backtrack, sometimes I don't even recommend every other day because it only takes about 24 hours for that algorithm to kick you out. Yep. You know, it really does. So if you're not consistent, the algorithm is going to forget you and say you go a week without posting, you're going to have to build it up again. And it takes more work to build it all up again. And it's frustrating because then you're right back. It's almost like square one where you're just like, oh, great. Nobody's seeing my posts. So consistency is key. You get the consistency from the schedule. You get the schedule from your plan. I like that. That's also more, uh, also another big aspect that we generally tend to forget about too, is that social media is also a community. Yes. And just like with, building relationships with radio stations you also need to nurture your community within these social media platforms absolutely if if you're not engaging with other people and posting comments or or anything along those lines and having conversations with other people then you're missing out on a huge opportunity right you can't that comes back to the posting and forgetting you can't post and forget it people are going to leave comments people are going to ask questions Uh, you may need to ask a question to help things going. You know, the way this algorithm works is, you know, when people comment and like it and share something that helps everything you do, every little move you make on social media helps. So if someone leaves a comment, answer them because that helps, (laughs) you know, I mean, I even go in on my own personal, on my, not my own personal, but on my business page, the content creation page, I'll go in as my personal account and I'll leave a comment saying, yes, one of the key things in this article I like is X that bumps it up and more people see it in the timeline and my engagement goes up. Exactly. It, it takes work, but it's doable. I totally agree. Badoom. Badoom. <laughs> wow, this was this was amazing. I, I think I want to end on this note because we talked about so many good things and we went into really social good. media a lot. So I'm actually really happy about that. But um, it is good. Yeah. No, it, it's it's all important. And this is the whole point, right? It's like is you support your community, nurture your community, 
and your community will support you in return in yes. one way or another. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Danny, for being on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. It's always fun to chat with you. And, you know, we chat like this all the time anyway. Yep, exactly. So I'll probably <laughs> be chatting with you soon. <laughs> Thanks so much, Danny. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the 8020 show. To learn more about 8020 Records, you can check us out on pretty much any social media at 8020records or visit our website at www.8020records.com. Until next time, be happy, be healthy, and be productive.